my dreams I've kissed your lips a thousand times I sometimes see you pass outside my door Hello Sunlight in your hair And tell you time and time again How much I care Sometimes I feel my heart will overflow Hello I've just got to let you know Cause I wonder who you are And I wonder what you do Are you somewhere feeling lonely Or is someone loving you Tell me how to win your heart For I haven't got a clue Let me start by Again, again, I am reciting this to you for the second time because I actually had a little technology snafu. I recorded this entire 
second episode of Fireside Chats, the Roadside Shaman. Welcome. That's where we are. That's where I'm saying hello to you from. Um, and it just poof, it vanished into the ether. It disappeared. I don't know what happened to it. So I just take that as a international intergalactic signal that universe wanted me to give it another go. There was something else they wanted me to include in the recitation. Um, and the only thing I think for sure, I know I didn't mention in that first go around that I want to make sure right off the bat to bring up is I want to go ahead and give myself a shameless plug. Um, I am, I've been invited to participate in an artist intensive in Los Angeles entitled Mirroring Resilience. It is um, funded from a grant via the Department um, of Cultural Affairs for the City of Los Angeles. The artist Edgar Fabian Frias, who you might have heard on previous episodes of um, uh, Hobo Safe Camp, Open Lines Radio, um, is an amazing artist and a community catalyst for transformation personal development, healing, um, transmutation. He's a transmutant for sure. Um, so, uh, they have invited, um, a group of, uh, 20 artists and, uh, five teaching artists that are getting together. We're having an exhibition. It's a, basically a big, um, ceremonial unveiling of a lot of brand new emergent creatives. There's a lot of um, artists that have been working for a long time, but um, they're emerging into a new process or a new um, engagement with their art. Um, basically, everyone is in an emergent state in this um, exhibition, and I'm really proud of it. I am really enthusiastic about all of the people in the cohort. Everyone is bringing amazing, um, just powerful, powerful works, powerful perspectives, and just really deeply gifted and also very compassionate artists. The whole group is just lovely. I'm, I've been honored and privileged to um, work with them over the past few months and um I I really hope you'll come and see us if you are in the Los Angeles area or drivable to Los Angeles on um on the equinox that is September 22nd it's a Saturday and it's from 5 p.m to 8 p.m and um it's free oh I forgot the best part if it's free it's for me so I hope that uh, the fact that it is a low uh, price point will encourage participation broadly in the community. We're, we were, we're even um, encouraging people to bring kids. We're hoping they'll bring the children in their lives to come and engage with this art because um, we're all artists when we're kids. And I don't know why we all stop. But at some point, some of us are convinced that we're not artists. And that's not true. To be alive is an art form. To maintain life in this existence is an art form. And so 
If you're breathing, you're being creative. So come on down and co-create with us. It's called Mirroring Resilience. It's at La Meda Institute in North Hollywood on September 22nd, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Um, there'll be some refreshments served. And it's free. So um, check my Instagram for details. You can um, look on my Instagram or the, the Instagram for La Meda Institute should have some info. Um, so at Roadside Shaman, at Roadside Shaman on Instagram. And um, I really hope to see you all there, as many of you that are local physically at any rate. And um, I'll let you know how it goes. So here we go. That was a kind of a longer intro than I was hoping to get because I have a lot of things going on right now. Um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, in every factor. It's just a very, very... Uh, rich time and so every moment counts and so I'm going to go ahead and honor your time and move on with the episode which is a continuing recitation of my natal chart and exploration and transparency personal transparency so I'm starting my introduction to you all by um, exploring and taking a deep dive into my natal chart and I'm just sharing it with you so that you can um, be informed. I'm reading from what I got from chaosastrology.net. So if you want to get your own, you can plug your data into their algorithm and they'll give you a reading too. And that one is also free because I'm all about free resources. Free sources! Yay! Um, Freeganomics. So we went through all the major astrological bodies and now we're... Um, uh, and we did the moon and we did Mercury, you know, the ones that most people that are just beginning to become familiar and notice astrology, they uh, might have known those uh, bodies, the sun, the moon, and Mercury. Now we're going to begin talking about Venus. Okay, so the astrological Venus. Venus is harmony. She symbolizes our relationship with all that we meet in the world. When we appraise or appreciate something, whether that be another person or a possession, this is Venus, the sense of love or appreciation we feel. Venus is reciprocity, interaction with others, compromise, reconciliation, and balance. She is also our need for approval and how we seek it. We consciousness and union this ability to get it together is also tested by our talent, or lack thereof, for developing a sense of wealth and affluence. Venus is what we love, feel comfortable with, and what appeals to us, and she has much to do with desires, luxuries, and their enjoyment. She is also about making oneself enjoyable. Thus, her energy is what has been called the courtier spirit, which means being agreeable and smoothing the path. In many ways, she shows us how we can get the most, both relationship-wise and financially, out of life. As the planet of balance and resources, Venus speaks to us about the ways one influences the other. For as any successful business person will tell you, you must be willing to spend money in order to make it. This is the lifeblood of commerce. There must be an outgoing as well as an incoming flow of energy. 
Good relationships require give and take, as do all successful enterprises. Venus in Cancer A home-based business would be ideal. You like to feel secure, and giving people a base of operations, something to connect with, is where you could begin to foster a successful enterprise. You are nurturing of others and like to be taken care of, even mothered. You love music and can be very emotional. The arts will appeal. In relationships, you tend to be protective. Venus, sextile Jupiter. You have an innate love of the law and working things through. And you are not put off by problems and obstacles. On the contrary, you look forward to solving them. You have the ability to work with others, in particular regarding vocation or career guidance. You can advise and guide in matters requiring work-related decisions. Others find you a generous and loving person. You always share what you find and have a lucky streak, too. The Astrological Mars Mars is the planet of motivation and drive. It is the self-starting impetus, initiative, and energy we need to get moving. When we search for the meaning of something, life or whatever, it is Mars that urges us on and keeps us searching. Mars also drives us against things, too, as when it sends us into war and combat. Mars looks for the challenge, takes charge, and pushes forward with a pioneering spirit. Mars is purposeful, direct, and courageous. Where our passion is, there we find the planet Mars. Thus, it also has to do with ardor and impulses and often signifies the sex drive, especially in a man's chart. Martian energy enjoys becoming involved in the thrust of life, acting promptly on an urge and within that conviction, creating more trust in its own actions. This is a circular process. The more we trust and act, the more we receive impulses that can be trusted. Mars in Leo. You are always center stage and entertaining others. You have an almost fierce sense of pride and are very dramatic and expressive, sometimes forceful. You are a natural at sports, games, anything that gets it out. Very emotional. You have strong likes and dislikes. You are good with kids, animals, a teacher or coach. You act it out. Mars square Jupiter. You are driven when it comes to fulfilling your ambitions and carving out a career. There is no lack of energy or drive here, and nothing can stand in your way. Everything is poured into making the right moves, the correct decisions. You are outgoing, enthusiastic, and always diplomatic, everybody's favorite. You have a natural instinct for making the correct move at the right time. Politics or some public career seem inevitable. Lucky. Mars sextile Uranus. You put a lot of thought and energy into being different, avoiding the commonplace with great determination. Your drive to innovate, invent, and find new ways to use things is both well-coordinated and intense. You could be an excellent teacher and innovator in areas connected to electronics, computers, and communications. You may love to travel and are quite energetic, even athletic. You have a strong urge to be different, to do something different. 
the astrological Jupiter. When it comes to an astrology of success and empowerment, some planets are more important than others simply because of their nature. As the planet of outreach and exploration, Jupiter plays a very important role here. The Hindu word for Jupiter is guru, teacher, and Jupiter is about having an outlook or belief system, something we can identify with or look forward to. It shows how we search for meaning in our lives and therefore has much to tell us about our ideal vocation. Jupiter is the guiding philosophy which get, provides us with our sense of direction and shows us how to approach life's problems. Jupiter is conscience, ethics, as well as our opinions and how we form them. It represents our speculations about the world and can tell us much about the process of self-discovery. As the Lord of Opportunity, prosperity, affluence, and all the benefits we earn through our outgoingness and outgiving to others. Jupiter's position in your chart is instrumental in determining your capacity for optimism and attracting luck. To enhance Jupiter's benefit in your life, follow the indications of his placement in your chart. In general, by adopting a spread of effort rather than a concentration, by accepting life's invitations and maximizing what they have to offer by saying yes to the exotic and unfamiliar, we deliberately extend our range of contacts and interests whereby luck can reach us. There is an organic connection between this attitude and the arrival of the good things in life. A note of warning, though, you can have too much of a good thing. Jupiter in Taurus. You have a green thumb in many areas, able to cultivate and nurture almost any endeavor. Making money is second nature, and you are able to field ideas and bring forth growth and success. Because of your natural affinity for supporting roles, you make a good financial backer or money man. More than most, you could reap a rich harvest from what you sow, for luck enters your life through giving out and expecting a return. Jupiter sesquiquadrate. 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 Wow, that's a word, isn't it? Jupiter sesquiquadrate, Pluto. You can tell I'm a newbie astrologer fan because um, I haven't had much practice saying these words. <laughs> Jupiter sesquiquadrate. <laughs> I don't know if it's quadrate, quadrate, quad, quadrate. It must be that. Sesquiquadrate. Give it up, Hannah. Jupiter sesquiquadrate. <laughs> Pluto, a career in psychology, areas of the mind and self that are vulnerable and sensitive, is indicated. You not only like change and transforming experiences, you pursue them for their own sake. You head straight for whatever challenges your sense of identity and puts you through changes. This life path could also carry you into subjects like reincarnation, psychic experiences, and all that is occult or hidden from common view. You plunge right in, dig through the whole mess, and leave not a secret unturned. Yours is a career deep in change, transformation, and metamorphosis. The Astrological Saturn Saturn is the prince of the material world, the planet of materialization and incarnation, self-containment, and personal distinction. Saturn rules the limitations of the world we live in and so indicates where we are bound to learn self-discipline and duty, whether we like it or not. 
It is the boundaries around us that make identity possible. As time passes, you slowly but surely crystallize a personal identity distinct and unique from the others around you by excluding whatever does not seem compatible with your purpose. Each new day adds to this evolutionary sense of I, with the object being an increased sense of responsibility. Saturn is said to be the hard taskmaster, the planet that keeps us from getting carried away in one direction or another. And although it seems to limit and undermine, it also defines and clarifies. For it is the process of sedimentation, building layer upon layer with structure and control, whereby we see our ambitions realized. Nothing worthwhile can be accomplished without determination, concentration, persistence, commitment, and patience. Saturn in Leo you could be afraid to follow your own heart and express yourself. Instead, you try to always keep your emotions in control. Children and animals are important in your life. You need to act out and express feelings. Let go. Learn to be the center of attention. To be loved. Let it flow. Saturn square Uranus. You find it difficult to be spontaneous, to get away from routine and do something different. Others seeing you a creature of routine. Travel may also be hard for you. It is not easy for you to change or to accept changes. When you do enact a change, it is always at the deepest or core level and affects everything else in your life. Once a change is made, it at once becomes a part of you, solid and immovable. Those near you may feel that you inhibit the proverbial life of the party. Code computer programming, and the like should interest you. Saturn sextile Pluto. When it comes to psychology, you have great penetration and always understand how to get down to the core material. You enjoy working with sensitive and vulnerable areas of the mind, searching out and defining points of transformation, areas for growth. You could teach and instruct others in these areas. You aren't afraid to get into most sticky situations, and you always come up with the essence of the matter at hand. The Astrological Uranus To live a full and satisfying life, you must be vividly yourself. Many of us are afraid to be different, and the pressure to conform can be stifling. But to live creatively is to find your own way even if this means going against the grain. This urge to free will and self-authorization is Uranus, the planet of fierce independence. Surprise can be stimulating, the jab that gets you out of the rut. And if you want to ride the wave of chaos instead of being swallowed by it, if you want to liberate yourself from the disruptions and shocks around you, you must voluntarily keep out of the groove. Realize that change is the only constant phenomenon. In randomness is all potential. Disorder increases possibilities. Chance. Uranus is the reverse of the status quo and always unconventional and heretical. If life is accidental, we are free to give it any point we like. Become yourself. Uranus in Scorpio. You are innovative in sexual matters, anything taboo, and have insights into what makes our darker side tick. 
All things mystical and occult hold your interest. Drugs, too. You have new thoughts on desires and possessions. You enjoy sex and respect cravings of all kinds. The Astrological Neptune. Neptune is the desire and ability to transcend normal consciousness and everyday waking life. To dream the impossible dream. This divine discontent can be the cause of much mischief in itself. For to pursue the ideal is often to avoid the reality of how things are. But when it comes to many of the apparently insolvable problems, the Neptunian approach is often the most sensible and practical. Rise above it and get over it. The healthy tendencies of Neptune lie in its ability to see the cosmic humor in almost anything, to laugh at life's absurdities. And sometimes laughter is the only genuine response, the last great act of defiance. This is the art of sitting loose to life, which means developing a less resisting, more surrendered attitude in which we expect the best of all unfulfilled unfulfilled possibilities and potentials and never stop dreaming. Neptune in Sagittarius. Idealism is an innate talent and you are in love with grand gestures and long thoughts. Religion, politics, and philosophy are natural interests. The world traveler, you enjoy fair, just, frank, and broad-minded persons. You are gregarious and sports-minded. You dare to dream big. You like new philosophies and long novels. Neptune sextile Pluto. You work with real imagination and understanding in areas of the mind that are the most personal or private. Depth psychology. You are like a midwife of the spirit, assisting at the birth of each individual going through a spiritual or rebirth process. You accept the natural process of birth, spiritual and physical, and have dedicated yourself to helping it along. You would make a great teacher in these areas. The Astrological Pluto. Pluto is the planet of profound change. Starting deep within you and moving toward the surface, often touching upon the most sensitive areas. It's about waking up to the hidden things and doing so by reaching an intensity of awareness whereby once touched, you have no choice but to change and grow. Pluto is the process of becoming fully conscious, of revealing what has been happening all around you, even though you may not have been aware of it. Like sex and death, you get to a certain stage in your development and suddenly you realize what's going on. Pluto is first-hand sensitive experiences and times of complete identification with a person, feeling, or idea. This is very intense stuff, and to touch upon this material is to go through permanent change and transformation, inner alchemy. Pluto in, in Libra. Change and inner growth tend to come through relationships, both friends and lovers. Marriage or union, yoga, will be very intense and not at all superficial. You get to the heart of a relationship each and every time.
House Activity and Emphasis. Astrologers agree that astrology is, first of all, the study of angular relationships between the planets themselves. But this planetary framework is seen to shift and modify itself as the planets slowly move across the backdrop of the signs, the so-called fixed stars, which make up the zodiac. As the Earth turns daily on its axis, the planets and signs appear to move across our field of vision through what astrologers have termed houses. The sun rises at dawn and can be seen on the eastern horizon or first house cusp or ascendant. It reaches mid-heaven at noon and sinks below the western horizon at the descendant. Like the 12 signs of the zodiac, the 12 houses of the horoscope can be viewed as stages in a complete cycle. From the initial thrust of Aries and the first house to the maximum entropy symbolized in Pisces and the 12th house, they provide clues as to which areas of your life can be given special attention and used depending on the signs and planets residing there. Here is an analysis of the house activity in your chart based on sign and planet emphasis. As you read along, keep in mind that each house represents department of life and the sign falling on each house cusp indicates the mode of action applied to the affairs of that house. In other words, the sign on each house cusp, along with any planets contained therein, shows how one deals with the conditions of that house. Okay, so that means, unless I'm mistaken, I believe that this should apply to the other cancers that are listening. This information should also resonate with you. Okay, the first house. The first house, also called the ascendant or rising sign, is a Dharma house and connected with motivation and our approach to life. It also has to do with how we come across to others, thus our appearance and how we make a first impression. The ascendant is the essential stuff that bubbles up in us constantly um, spontaneously, what is obvious to others as our trademark look or approach. The first house shows our ability to be recognized, how we make a directed effort, and how we exert our will. Cultivate the strategies of this part of your chart to move forward in life. Scorpio on the first house cusp. Scorpio is an intense, passionate, and very personal. It rushes past superficialities and right to the heart of any matter. A loyal friend, but a fanatic foe, this sign does well in politics and all areas where someone who dares is rewarded. Associated with sexual energy, Scorpio loves to get involved, going down deeper, coming up dirtier, and laying bare anything that lies hidden there. Moon in the first house. The face you show the world is that of an emotionally sensitive and receptive person. Emotionally you are an open book and inclined to wear your feelings on your sleeve. Your moods also impact strongly on those around you. However, because you tend to be guided by your feelings, you can be inconsistent, changeable, and moody. Professionally, you have a need to be in touch with others in your environment 
It may show talents for working in the public sector or food industry. The second house. The second house is connected with matters of wealth, how we respond to, enjoy, and get in harmony with our surroundings. This is how we hold or acquire things, possessions, material goods, money, and other resources, and how we gain material support and sustenance. The second house refers to how we secure ourselves, how we make a firm foundation, as well as the kind of response we get from life and those around us. Therefore, it has much to say about our material rewards. Sagittarius on the second house cusp. Sagittarius is nothing if not direct, candid, and to the point. For this sign is always concerned with the absolute truth of the subject at hand. Associated with philosophy, outreach, and all things boundless, Sagittarian energy is always welcome in politics as well as social and community endeavors where its basic fairness and expansiveness is helpful. Neptune in the second house. You are very idealistic when it comes to possessions, finance, and how you choose to make your living. Your attitude towards attaining wealth can be unrealistic. You either display keen instincts about financial opportunities or experience disappointments and losses through mismanagement or deception. Money can seem to flow through your fingers. The third house shows how we make connections and communicate with the world. This is where we draw parallels, make comparisons, and sort through it all. A very mental house. It is concerned with finding, gathering, all manner of questioning, articulation, and conversation. In short, it symbolizes the functions of the rational mind, linking observations and ideas and using them to our advantage. Capricorn on the third house cusp. Capricorn is the business head of the zodiac, for it is the very opposite of the emotional cancer. Given to clear ambition and practical insight and vision, this sign always takes a distant perspective and a cool appraisal. Deliberate and painstaking, sometimes to the point of austerity, Capricorn loves work and the hard-earned results. Status and material reward are very important. The fourth house. The fourth house is a very emotional house, concerned with matters of comfort and security. Here's how we recreate the right conditions, the matrix or womb in which our desires can flourish, the climate necessary for things to grow. It's about receptivity, nurturing, and all the self-protective measures we take to ensure a secure base of operations. This is why the fourth house is related to the mother's all mothering functions, domestic issues, and feeling at home. Aquarius on the fourth house cusp. Aquarius, the sign of humanitarian goals and altruism. Always impartial and non-sectarian, Aquarian energy is communal, even global. The focus is on the goal, and the goal is always one that is for the many and not the few. Thus, this sign is connected to far-seeing visions, worldviews, and group work of all kinds. This sign tends towards coolness independence. The fifth house, the fifth house, another dharma or life purpose house, has to do with creativity and warm outgoing self-expression. Here is where we find our originality and flair, enthusiasm, and even pride in ourselves, building confidence and self-esteem. This is the life area of personal sovereignty, 
where we begin to recognize and appreciate our own dynamic and playful nature, all forms of creative expression, including love affairs and offspring, are connected with this house. Pisces on the fifth house cusp. Pisces energy runs deep toward the mystical. Whatever transcends the everyday world, this sign is understanding, patient, and compassionate. Super sensitive, it tends to absorb its surroundings like a sponge. The sign is very trusting, accepting, and giving of itself for the sake of more important issues. It loves free-ranging activities which allow for some imaginative scope. The sixth house. The sixth house is the house of physical efficiency, where we separate the wheat from the chaff. Get a sense for what is useful, what is not, and make the best of it. This is the life stage of apprenticeship where we make a connection between mind and matter, adapt ourselves to a situation, and then seek to improve upon it. Hence, the connection of the sixth house with routine. Practice makes perfect. The sixth house shows how well we handle the details of life, our ability to solve problems, and get our way. Aries on the sixth house cusp. Aries is the sign of pioneers leaders, and firsts. It is impulsive, assertive, and spontaneous. It tends to act first, only thinking about what it may have done later. Rushing in where others fear to tread, Aries' energy is attention-getting and always provokes a response from the surroundings and from others. It takes decisive action and loves self-reliance. The Seventh House The Seventh House, the Descendant, opposite of the ascendant, is connected with partnerships, relationships, and significant others. Here is where we learn to strike a balance, the art of give and take, all that carries us beyond our personal self and into an awareness of contradictory or complementary points of view, is symbolized by the seventh house. This is where we respond to the personal needs of others. Therefore, marriage and union, yoga, are indicated by this house, as well as one's ability to respond to a marriage partner. Taurus on the seventh house cusp. Taurus is about drawing on the bounty of the earth and seeking material security and physical safety there. It is the ongoing, enduring, unchanging, and preserving element. Heightened sensory input is also important, for it is the mission of this sign to not only find a sense of place within the material realm, but to enjoy it to the fullest, becoming physically aware of and bonding with the environment. Jupiter in the seventh house. You enjoy good personal and professional relations and can, and can attain social success by working in partnership with others. You're outgoing, friendly, and fair in your dealings with other people. You tend to be generous, but can be overly extravagant in social situations. Professionally, you may have talents in selling, negotiating, and arbitrating, and your life path will require that you cultivate close working relationships with others. The eighth house. The eighth house is the house of firsthand transformative experiences and situations, those areas of life that we may not care to face, but we must face sooner or later the so-called inevitables of life, such as death and taxes. The eighth is also concerned with catharsis, the getting rid of excess parts of ourselves that we no longer need. This house covers initiations of all kinds, 
as well as activities where we find ourselves transformed toward a more integral position. Thus, it also covers any jointly held resources, their problems, and their benefits. Gemini on the 8th house cusp. Gemini is concerned with connections, communication, and logic. Voice, thoughts, writing, and the rational mental processes in general. It is also concerned with making comparisons, twins, and duplications of all kinds. Gemini is the communicator, the gossip of the zodiac, the collector of trivia. Gemini energy is unattached, independent, very inquisitive, and changeable. Mercury in the 8th house. You may show abilities in finance, baking, or banking, or insurance, as you have a talent for managing other people's money or resources. Equally, you can be inclined to worry about material loss. There could be disputes with others, including partners, over money and expenditure. Also, arguments could surface over wills and legacies. You tend to think deeply about things and possibly have an interest in metaphysical or arcane knowledge. You may also be intrigued with philosophies that explore the concept of life after life. The Ninth House The Ninth House shows where we are willing to go beyond our everyday experience in search of meaning. Traditionally the house of long journeys, the Ninth House is where we take journeys both of the body and the mind. Philosophy, beliefs, speculation, opinions, and how we form them all belong to this house. Anytime we reach out, explore new territory, or align our activities with something bigger, we are operating in the realm of the ninth house. Along with Jupiter's position, here is where we can attract luck by keeping open and receptive to opportunities. Cancer on the ninth house cusp. Cancer is the mother of the zodiac, always making a home, protecting and providing a foundation for others. A sensitive sign where feelings and real experience count more than cold logic, it doesn't get any more physical and emotional than this. Cancer energy is always nurturing, sensitive, tender, and moody. It feeds on emotional comforts and often has a strong attachment to the past and ancestry. Sun in the ninth house. You will most likely have strong overseas connections, travel a great deal, or live abroad at some point. You have a strong interest in higher education, philosophy, spiritual matters, and learning experiences. You are a seeker of truth and wisdom and can be given to sudden insights and inspirations. You tend to have strong beliefs and opinions, but can come across to others as ardent, strident, and perhaps a bit preachy. Venus in the ninth house. Venus in love. You may be attracted to someone whose background or culture is vastly different to your own. Romantic experiences can also occur during travel. And intimate and social contacts can be made in connection with higher learning, philosophical, or spiritual environments. You have an appreciation for the art of different cultures and possibly even enjoy religious art and music. Saturn in the ninth house. You may develop a serious interest in higher learning, philosophy, law, and metaphysical knowledge and diligently apply yourself to their study. 
you also tend to have strong convictions either for or against spiritual and religious beliefs. Age and life experience can bring wisdom, but this is dependent on your attitude and handling of life's challenges. You could experience troubles and loss through legal disputes, and difficulties may be encountered during long-distance travel. Philosophy and the search for truth are essential to life, to your life, and you are painstaking and deliberate when it comes to sorting through ideas and values for what is lasting and solid. The Tenth House The Tenth House, commonly called the Midheaven, is the house of success and glory, practical vision, and achieving a public distinction. Therefore, one's reputation and career are often connected with this house. The sign on the 10th house cusp, as well as any planets located therein, show how we can strive to be a benefit to, as well as how we can benefit from, society. The 10th house is about having a goal in life and the self-determination to reach it. Here's how we can live our calling and become self-piloting individuals. Leo on the 10th house cusp. Leo energy is expressive, vital, and exuberant often very artistic and always theatrical and dramatic. This is the sign of creativity and the arts. Warm and big-hearted, Leo lives in full appreciation and celebration of the finer elements of life, bringing a dynamism and enthusiasm to everything it touches. This is the fearless becoming stage, where things are done for their own sake, playfully and with pleasure. Mars in the 10th house. You have high ambition, coupled with a strong desire and drive to do the best you can professionally. You are motivated by the urge to achieve goals and vocational aspirations. Competitive and energetic, you may do well in careers associated with the military, engineering, sport, corporate management, or technology. Be aware, though, that an overestimation of yourself or the misuse of your energy can lead to reversals of fortune or damage to your reputation. You can also expect conflicts with authority figures. The 11th house. The 11th house is where we put our visions and dreams to work for others. The most future-oriented of the houses, the 11th shows our hopes and dreams and the opportunities we may have to reach them, how we can turn our dreams into reality. Therefore, this house has always been connected with altruistic and humanitarian goals, as well as having the self-authorization to set them in motion. Inventive and unusual, 11th house activities often break from conformity, establishing new and unprecedented states of being. Virgo on the 11th house cusp. Virgo energy is analytical and precise, always separating out what is worthwhile and worth supporting from that which is outmoded and of no further use. A mental earth sign. Here, the mind takes control over matter. This is the sign of ways and means, implementation, instrumentation, physical effectiveness, and efficiency. Virgo energy is always facilitating often caring more for others than for itself. Pluto in the 11th house. 
You have a burning zeal for the ideal and need to be part of a group of like-minded souls. You can attract powerful friends and supporters who can have a beneficial or destructive influence in your life. You may align yourself with reformatory social or political groups. At certain junctures in life, you can abandon long-held goals and pursue completely different ones. You learn and grow through your efforts to help others and make your inner vision a reality. The Twelfth House The Twelfth House is where consciousness dawns, the house of the rising sun. This is the indeterminate state, the chaos before the new impulse, where all is yet unfulfilled potentialities. Traditionally, this is the house of sacrifice and is often connected with prisons, betrayal, and self-undoing. Although we can choose to become trapped and frustrated by the many obstructions to attaining our dreams, we can also choose to reach outward and upward to a more fulfilled state transcending the usual down-dragging conditions and rising above difficulties, thus establishing a life nearer our ideal. Here in the twelfth house, we have the capacity to attain liberation by using our visionary scope and working creatively with life's intangibles, the power of imagination. Libra on the twelfth house cusp. Libra energy is always responsive and conciliating, assuming the appropriate reaction or delicately weighted strategic response to any question or statement. What is sometimes seen as two-faced is only Libra's facility at responding to each in kind, giving both sides equal consideration. This is certainly the social sign par excellence, impersonal and impersonal and impartial. This sign doles out only what is demanded, nothing overdone, but nothing neglected. Uranus in the twelfth house. You can be prone to suddenly manifesting fears or and anxieties, and your personal independence may often seem elusive. Eccentric or unpredictable behavior in others can unsettle you. Hidden enemies can reveal themselves quite suddenly and unexpectedly. You can find yourself through interests in unconventional psychology and spirituality. Lastly, there is no one and only reading of your birth chart. The symbols of your horoscope change as your life changes. They mean one thing in the life of a youngster and quite another in middle age. The mystery of the astrological symbols and part of their beauty is that they are flexible enough to be relevant and fixed enough to be meaningful, allowing you to approach your horoscope again and again with questions about past, present, and future concerns. And that is it. I've recited into reading um, uh, into the record into the cloud, uploaded it into the official, what do you call it, the book of life, into the Akash. <laughs> all those metaphors. Oh, I'm so snorty today. I keep snorting. I've read it all. That was a doozy. And um, 
yeah, so let's figure out and unpack what these things mean together. I'll have, be having conversations and uh, trying to be as transparent as possible. And it's all about my integration at this point in my life. I'm figuring out how to integrate all of these diverse natures you've heard me discuss in these last two episodes. Um, I really do feel like that is where optimal human functioning is found, is in the point of self-integration. When we take all of the different natures of ourself and become, become familiar with them, become conscious of them, become aware of them and present with them, we give space to them, we give voice to them, we give room for them to express, and they become helpful teammates, guides, instead of, you know, battle, embattled, conflicted opinions, you know, debating eternally inside my cranium. <laughs> so, yeah, that to me is what this is all about. We're coming up on 50 minutes, so I'm going to wrap it up. Just one final reminder to please, if you're in the Los Angeles area, driving distance, Southern California, um, consider looking on my Instagram page at Roadside Shaman for the details on my artist intensive exhibition entitled Mirroring Resilience this September 22nd from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. at La Meda Institute in North Hollywood. And um, yes, if you're able to make it, I really do look forward to seeing you there and blessing you in person. If not, um, I bless you remotely via this recording device that transmits the audio to you. I say in the voice of my ancestors on my mother's line, Chukma Chibisulacho, which means, hello, I will see you, as the Chickasaw have no word for goodbye. Broke down, thought that I would drown Hope that I'd be found For I hit the ground Sunday's at the corner of my eye Yeah Saw you weeping, saw you creeping Saw you sneaking in the shadows Long, the fear's so strong Saw you at the corner of my eye Yeah